<laughs> What's happening, weirdos? This is, I can't believe it. This is Julia Louis-Dreyfus. I say it with a question mark. Is she really here from, from Veep? Veep? Hit that P. Uh, the, the Jerry Seinfeld Chronicles. Um, also, she has a new podcast called Wiser Than Me, where she talks to women that are older than her with wisdom to share. Wiser Than Me, out now. This is incredible. I can't believe she took the time to come into our newly renovated studio. I'm going to say we renovated the studio 90% because she was coming. <laughs> but you'll see people that are watching this on the video. Uh, we finally have everything set up. Shout out to Brian Cullen, by the way, who designed the studio and did an incredible job setting it all up. So maybe if you haven't seen this on video, this will be a good time to start. Um, just a couple things to say up top. Oh, why not? Why not this? Here's a taste of the episode before I blab on about my tour dates. Here's a taste. I think because I'm, <laughs> because I'm in the television and then it turns <laughs> out I'm small, mm. people often want to hug me and pick you up and pick me up and put me in their pockets. <laughs> put you back in their televisions. Really? <laughs> Okay, now now I'll blab on about my tour dates. I'm not even going to blab on. Just go to PeteHolmes.com. I'm on the road. Are you going to be in Madison, Wisconsin or Milwaukee? Uh, I'm going to be adding some dates. I'm coming back to Denver. Uh, that's not up yet. But I mean, whenever you hear this, go to PeteHolmes.com. I'm on the road. Come see if I'm going to be uh, out there near you. Minneapolis in the mix. Um, and if you're going to be in Los Angeles, go to Largo-LA.com. I have a standing show there. It's one of the greatest joys of my life. And the next one is May 4th. Go to Largo-LA.com for tickets to that. And if you like the show, why not try a Pete's Pick? This episode is brought to us by our wonderful friends at BetterHelp. Getting to know yourself can be a lifelong process, especially because we're always growing and changing. And like before I went to therapy, I had no idea what codependency was or how to end a relationship in a healthy way, or how to set up boundaries with family or people I work with. But that's what therapy is all about, deepening your self-awareness and your own understanding of your life and of your own dynamics. Because sometimes we don't know what we want or why we react the way we do until we talk through things with a professional. BetterHelp connects you with one of those professionals, with a licensed therapist who can take you on that journey of self-discovery from wherever you are because the more you know about yourself the more easily you can maneuver through life with less suffering and more clarity relationships grief loss anxiety you name it talk therapy has been so profoundly and deeply helpful to both me and to valerie talking with a professional helps it's greater than the sum of its parts it seems like you're just talking but it goes deep and makes lasting change. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire and get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Discover your potential with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash weirdo today to get 10% off your first month and support the show, support yourself. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash weirdo. All right, everybody, let's get into it. So excited for you to hear this episode. Julia Louis, she's here. What do you, what, what? Get into it. I want to say that, that you're the first, we redid the studio and it's like kind of, we sort of did it. We were like trying, you were the guest we were trying to be done. Believe it or not, this is the redone. This is the redo? This is the redo. Well, I, I think it's good. I mean, yeah. I'm, 
You should have seen it before. I was going to say, there are some like scratches. Yeah, don't critique. Well, you just asked me if I'm a shit talker. Not to me. Oh, okay. You said, we said behind backs only. When you leave, say to Charlotte and William. What a douchebag you, you are. I don't know crap. how my personality came into question with this. <laughs> no, I, I, the first, I just want you to feel welcome. Thank you. And I'm be so, excited. I'm very excited to be here. Are you really? Yeah, why not? I think you're funny. I, I like you. One, I like your podcast. <gasps> yes. And you're a podcaster now. Just get yes, it out right in the top. I am. In the, I am. Wiser than pod- me. Yeah. Available me. wherever. You get your podcast. You have to say it like you don't even know. I don't know. Where I, you, I, if you know, if you find out, tell me where I can find Wiser than than me. You can find it on Apple and Spotify and wherever else you get your podcasts. There's other ones, but we don't know them. I don't know who they are. Well, I'm glad you're doing it. Isn't it a joy? It is a joy. It's a lot of work. Yeah, I heard you say that on Conan's. How do you? Do what it? do you mean? What I mean is, is that I, you know, it's not like um, I have other friends who podcast, and they're like, "Oh my god, it's so, so much fun!" You sit around, and talk, and then it's done. But in this case, it, you know, I'm talking to some really like intelligent, intellectual, accomplished women. Yeah. So I women. I'm just gonna imagine. <laughs> Sorry, women. One. I was picturing I not, old I, I have just men blown your in mind. lab coats. You know, scholars. Right, exactly. But, no, that's the point of your podcast is that older women, yes. I don't know where the line is. Do you have a line? 70-ish. Really? Mm-hmm. I thought you were going to say like middle-aged up. You're no, saying no, no, they no. have to be older than you. Yes. Older and wiser. Yes. Oh, wow. Yeah. How many have you found so far? I've done, I've had 10 conversations. Okay. Mm-hmm. And it's a work. It's work because you admire them, and you want to. You don't. Wanna- yeah, I don't want to be. I want to be super prepared, and I want to really have a thoughtful conversation about about their experience in life and their uh, their experience with aging, and yeah. I mean just all of it. You know, it's a thing, right? I mean, why? What's a thing? Older women, the crone, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm going to say the crone. <laughs> no, mother maiden crone. Yeah. Made in mother crone. And we don't know what to do. I mean, I, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but it seems to me you're trying to address, like, as a society, it's like we don't know what to do with our elders in general, but especially, as I said, the crones. <laughs> I think I think that the, the, the sort of the old lady trope yes. is a bummer. House made of candy, luring in children. Exactly. Yes. Hunched over. Yes. <laughs> yes. And I and the old wise man on top of the hill. That's right. Another trope. Yes. And I think it's time to. I would like very much to change that narrative, and uh, you know, so that uh, because I I really do believe that older women are, an, are a natural resource, untapped, very untapped. You mean we could run, use them for energy? <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> That is what I mean. You could put them on a bike and make them bike, and then it can yes. create energy. They love bikes. They love bikes. And horses. Yeah, but more bikes. I yeah, think they're Because then you can get the energy off of you oh, know, yeah, their yeah, pedaling. Yeah. I'm and just saying you lure point. them in by being like, we have saltwater taffy, we have horses, the things that comfort them. And this is how I get the guests on my show. <laughs> you call them on their phone, one of these. Hello, Eisenhower, like one of those. And you call them up and you say, a podcast is like a radio. You know that big That's right. that thing that looks like the front and of I've a Chrysler? Got saltwater taffy. <laughs> That's all you have to say. Mm-hmm. SWT. But they, the, uh, um, 
And I mean, just and selfishly, I just really want. I I got the whole idea for this because I saw that Jane Fonda documentary and yeah about you know life in five acts that doc. Mm-hmm. Which for those of your listeners who haven't seen it, it's so good. Edit that out. And um and I thought, oh, I must. I, I was struck by her life and how I didn't. I hadn't considered her her the expanse of her life. Um. So I thought, wait a minute. What about all these other older women out there that we're not hearing from. Yeah. I personally would like to hear from them. And what flavor are they giving, other than saltwater taffy, what flavor are they giving that other people aren't? Like, what, what is what are we plumbing in these depths? What has surprised you with the type of wisdom and advice that they're hitting well, you? Well, what has surprised me? Um, that might be an unfair question. It might be how they say it. Maybe it's not what they're saying, it's how they're saying it. It might be a vibe that you get, like a comfort that you get. Tell me what you're getting. Without it necessarily. Well, I being. think I think the um, I, I think it's terribly interesting to consider uh, aging and not being afraid of it, and maybe thinking about it as an ex- mind expanding experience, yeah. as opposed to as opposed to like what we lose as we age, because of course we do. Yeah. Uh, but what do we gain? Yeah, we have none of that. We've none of that because you you stop. Everything is about youth all yes, the time. Because young people can make money and buy buy stuff. I'm not trying. I know we're smoking yeah. a J in our dorm room now, but like right. it is. <laughs> it's like you're not useful if you're not consuming or producing, mm. and that's why I think the the child like the pressure to have children and when you are no menopause being like a thing and then the later years so now okay you're not working because you might be not physically able or willing or whatever it might be so you can't you can't buy stuff and you're not producing babies which is there's this unspoken bias i don't mean Mm. to explain that to you women are here to help the men make more men (laughs) or whatever it might be right does that sound right yeah i think that's an interesting take on it it's and just straight from my heart. That's how I no, feel. I, that's how you, <laughs> I'm that's 100% how. JK, but like where I'm into wisdom and in other cultures, it's just understood yeah. that the la- the first part of your life is finding a partner, having a family. Second part is your career. Third part is is those elder years where you're supposed to cultivate some inner silence, some stillness and some wisdom and share it with people. Totally. But we have a lot of old children now. We actually don't have a lot of elders because they weren't indoctrinated into that system. But there are some that are just being flat out ignored. And it seems to me that's what you're trying to remedy. Yeah. And I'm and I just frankly, I just want to, you know, I mean, we have this line that sorry, I'm trying to Can drink we put water a mic- and hold this bottle. This is good Foley work. There's ice That's in there. That's good. <laughs> for the RNDC, we'll sell this bottle for $50,000. <laughs> anyway, I can't remember what I was saying. It doesn't matter. It doesn't really matter. Tell me how you feel today, because nobody cares about your podcast. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> a little touch. A little touch to say, JK. But tell me how you're feeling. JK, why don't you just say, just kidding? I mean, why don't we say uh, automatic teller machine? <laughs> Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I can't believe I won you over so quickly. Yeah, it was very quick. That was really, I'm pretty proud of myself. I'm curious just how you're feeling today because like what is your, your your team told me that you were working. Are you in a work mode? Are you in a flow mode? What's your life like currently? Let's it's start a there. total work right now. What what, I, what is that? Uh, well, uh, uh, I mean, it's just a f- 
uh, just a fuck ton of stuff. Just the the podcast. I have a movie coming out in May, which I'm very excited about. A lot of stuff about that. Yeah, you know, um, I mean, that? it's all very fabulous and and wonderful. And how does that and bleed fortunate. into your day to day? How are people nagging you about these things? Well, they're not. Na- First of all, let's be clear. I heard you say nagging. Uh, let's be no, you said it. <laughs> the, uh, let's be clear. This is all good fortune. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Okay, but like right before I walked into your house, I'm sitting in my car listening to premium content for an episode for the Fran Leibowitz episode. And then I have a photo shoot uh, for with People Magazine for the movie oh, that's wow. coming out. And that's happening, I think, tomorrow. I have to look at my yeah, calendar. Yeah, I understand. And so it's one of those things. And then, uh, yeah. You're so in one of those times. It's one of those times, but th- these are good times. I understand. Yeah. Is that, that was part of my, because I just did your, I'm assuming your friend, Jason Alexander, unless you want to give us a TMZ scoop that you can't stand that. That pizza. I I would rather not comment on anything. <laughs> I saw JJ. I'm going to call him JJ. I saw JJ. No one calls him that. Nobody. Yesterday, because we both did hundred thousand dollar pyramid. How is my man? He's a delight. He's just, he's a grandfather. He's, I know. Isn't that crazy? Yes. Isn't that wild? Yes. And he's just he just looks like a little boy you just gave a piece of cake. Mm-hmm. That's how he always looks. Mm-hmm. And that's how he makes me feel. Mm-hmm. Like I just gave him cake. Mm-hmm. But speaking of cake, he looks fit and fabulous. And he was a delight. And he was promoting his podcast. So here's Conan. Here's you. Here's Jason Alexander doing podcasts. Are you happiest? Let's not get stuck in an interview. We're just chatting. We're just two ladies chatting. But... Are you happiest when you're working? Like, is that your best place? Yeah. Yeah. And you don't really like it. What's it like when it slows down? Well, it's funny you should say that because yesterday at around 3.30, every, all the stuff stopped and I didn't have anything pressing. And I had been on like, okay, what's next? What's next? Okay, click on that. I got to zoom with them. I got to blah, 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 blah. And then like 3.30 or 4, it was over. Yeah. Power out. And it is a little, uh, uh, I, I don't quite know what to do with myself. I know. That feeling. Sometimes I walk around the house. I tell Val, my wife, I go, I just sing out loud. I go, she is my life. <laughs> like if I'm, I'm, I don't know if that's codependence, but if it is, it's sweet. Sometimes I just shuffle around. Can you... I have to tell you something. I'm not sure your wife likes that. And I don't know her particularly well, but she- She loves it. She loves it. Yeah, she loves okay, it. Okay, that's Because she feels the same way. Okay. We watched. I watched this documentary on YouTube about this guy who lives in like some ice forest. It was horrible. I hated it. Mm. It was like a twenty-minute YouTube documentary. This guy decided to live in the forest. Yeah. And I mean, when you say forest, it's not like the Shire. It's like he lives in the worst place. Why? I don't know. They okay. didn't really cover that. It's it's like kind of like Thoreau, I guess. Oh, I like, see. He's like, I'm out. Uh-huh. I'm gonna just eat rabbits and melt right, snow. Right, but Thoreau was in a really nice forest. I know. A beautiful forest. Right. And so then what happened? Well, this documentary crew grows and hangs out with this guy. And the funniest part, I mean, quite a few parts were funny. Yeah. Um, it was just treachery. The whole day is he goes out. He's also like 89. And he goes out into the woods and cuts down a tree and like has to dry it. And then he just uses that for the day's heat. This is a nightmare. And he'll maybe catch one rabbit, drink some snow he melted. And then it the whole nightmare picks up the next day. So he had a little free time. 
And what he did, yeah, what he did, Julia, in his free time was he had all these cans, like old cans, and he just started playing them with his forks, like ding, 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 like just pure madness. And I said, that's sometimes how I feel if like Val is gone for a couple of days and I'm just kind of like eight o'clock rolls around, like ding, 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 like don't know what to do. Well, I'll tell you one thing I did. Tell me. I went to bed really early. Yes. What's that? I... What's early for me? Uh, I'm. I was in bed last night by like eight o'clock. Oh, that's beautiful. It is beautiful. Oh, yeah. I love my bed so much. It's so cozy. I have zero judgment here. And only. I just turn on the television and I watch Jeopardy. Okay. You cannot beat that life. You cannot beat that life. <laughs> now, this is, yes, this is right. But You're wait correct. a minute. Just back to your Thoreau guy in the ice force. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, there's a show which you've probably heard of, called Alone. Have you heard of this show? No, Katie's nodding. Have you seen it, Katie? Okay. Don't you think you should watch it? Alone? Alone. Yeah, it is a a reality series. It's not naked and alone. No, it's not. So this is clothes. No, it's much more highbrow. But it's people going out into the wilderness, and they just, it's, I don't know, how many people is it, Katie? Do you think it's like 10 people to start? And the whole idea is you have to you you're given very few tools, like practically nothing, and you are fucking on your own. And it's whoever is able. mm -hmm. And it's just like what you were describing. It's like they really have to find their food, shoot their food, you know, blah blah blah. It is. We got so hooked on it during real lockdown during the pandemic. Peel off. I'm telling you, we watched like three episodes a day. We couldn't get enough of it. Wow. Yeah. And this guy is basically on that show for no prize or no glory. He's yeah, just... because the winner gets, I think, a million dollars. Yeah. Or maybe $500,000. I can't really remember what it I'll is. tell you one other thing about this documentary. The whole time, they're, they, it's like you can see them seeding a story that his windows suck. His windows let in all the cold. Mm. And you can tell this this crew comes by with all the stuff. And, you, and they're like, and we decided to give, I don't know his name, uh, a gift. And I'm like... Of course, they're going to fix his fucking windows. And they gave him like a mug or something. A mug? A mug with the name of the documentary company on it? That's perfect. It's like True Line Productions. Like, here, now you have a new bass drum. <laughs> you have a new thing for your little kit. Ay, 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 ay. Let's, let's shift gears from a documentary nobody cares about. Why? I think this is interesting. I actually do, too. I'm going to take back that self-deprecation. I've been enjoying remembering it and mm-hmm. watching you learn about it. Thank you. And feeling William, but not Charlotte. Charlotte's not interested. She's not interested. What is it? This is stupid, but will you... Yes, it is. I can tell already. I know. But I do. I really want to know, as Go. a human, yeah. how does it feel to be you, meaning my dad sees you at the airport. It's a whole thing. How's that going? I, what are you asking me? I'm asking people coming up and saying Elaine or wanting you to do the dance or like, what's your life like when you're an icon? Not just an icon that I know, my parents know. People have, I don't have to tell you, my brother used to leave dinner parties at seven o'clock to watch Seinfeld. Like if he was at someone else's dinner party, he'd be like, I have to go. And it'd go turn on their TV. So there's this like compulsive cultural obsession with this thing. I asked Jason the same thing. It's, It's like, what does that feel like? Are you just blocking it out, trying to normalize your life? Or is it just kind of like something you've become accustomed to? What do you do when my dad comes up? <laughs> well, I try to be as polite as possible to your dad. Sure. 
And I, the answer is, it's I I uh, I'm used to it, and I try to live as normal a life as possible. I mean, I the answer is I do all of those things. I'm yeah. also a very private person, so. Um, but I, I, you know, it's I'm not. It's fantastic. It's great. It's like who would have thought? Yeah. Who would have thought? And I mean, it's an incredibly, it's just nothing but that, good for, that it would have happened. And that it would be so warm. Nobody's coming up and saying bad things. You, yeah, for the most part, I think. I mean, I'm sure somebody has at some point, but. I, I can't, I'm reaching. Well, anyway, whatever. <laughs> I'm, no, no, like no, no, you, no, no. I just no. watched you delete a memory. Well, <laughs> no, it's all been positive. Well, I'm going to say something. Everyone who listens to this podcast knows I'm going to say this. But David Letterman said on Charlie Rose, he was like, I like being famous because it turns the world into a small town. And I can relate. I was just mm. in Houston, Texas. And you walk around and people just say like, I love your comedy. That's nice. But what I'm trying to get at is Seinfeld, and I know you've done many, many wonderful things, but specifically Seinfeld is like this. It's like a dream the whole country had. <clears throat> and there's the lady from my dream. And we feel like we own you. I'm not saying that. But you're in, I heard Seinfeld say, Jerry, say, when you're on someone's TV, you're in their living room. Sure. So there's that. I'm, I'm sure it wasn't the first to say it. But you see Bono at the grocery store, you leave Bono alone. You see Jerry, you go up to him because that's your friend from TV. That's right. Yeah. Do you experience that? I do. Yes. I definitely experience that. And, and, uh, and sometimes it can be a little bit um, al alarming. Yes. You know, when people really want to, um, you know, I'm very short and I know, people, I, I you that. notice that. Yeah, well, I'm very tall. Yeah. How tall are you? Too tall. No, really. I'm six foot six. You are. My son is six five. Okay. So I'm used to these tall people, but wow. I am not tall myself. And so I, people, I think because I'm, <laughs> because I'm in the television and then it turns <laughs> out I'm small. Mm. People often want to hug me and pick you up and pick me up and put me in their pockets. <laughs> put you back in their televisions, really. <laughs> it's like when that little kid said to Mr. Rogers, How did you get out of my TV? I know. Isn't that the cutest? Excuse me, how much do you love Mr. Rogers? Um, 10 out of 10, I believe. 10 out of 10. You know who else is there? Nobody. The no. best you can do is a nine. Nobody's unseating Fred. Oh my God, he is just such a dream. Every time I watch any clip of him now, I just start crying. I know because I feel like it's slipping away. Like what he was grasping at, that kindness and that simplicity. Who's, who is and that shepherding quiet. that and that quiet Yeah. for, and for young children? Mm. I know. Remember when he was like, let's see what a minute feels like? And he, play, he had an egg timer set to a minute and he just sat there and that was on TV. I mean, I tried to get my daughter to watch it, but she she lit a mattress on fire and flipped it around. She was like, "This, this will not." Hey, did stand. you ever do that? You know that thing that's all over the internet that you can see people doing it all the time, where they say that that the behavioral trick with your kid or kids, where you say, "Okay, here's this piece of chocolate." And I'm going to walk out of the room and don't touch it. And then when I come back, I don't know why I haven't done. You it. need. How old are your kids? She's four. You could do it. We could do it now. It's a great time. I have a strong feeling. This is, Leela is a strong-willed child. Mm -hmm. uh, she's going to eat that chocolate 
Well, and so that would be so interesting yeah. to know. Yeah. I don't mean put it up on the internet. No, I know, for us. Just for you. Just for us. And if but, uh, I were say, you, I would tape it, though, just so you course. have it for your family archives. And you go, if you don't eat it, I'll give you two. You could do that as well. But if you do eat it, you only get that one. I think Leela's just like, she's a real pull the ripcord. Like, I'm Pull it now. That. Smoke them if you got them. <laughs> she's got that vibe. She's got like an old... I can't even call it. I've never met anyone like her. I know, I, I don't know many four-year-olds, but I just her essence is like, are you? She feels like an interdimensional being who's the first time trying to be like a person, but she's very wise. Right. But she's like, for the first time, I'm going to see what this bullshit is. And she showed up and she's kind of like, she gets frustrated. Like, what is this? Like a lot of the time. And I'm like, I know. Like how much of life parenting is telling your kids like, I know. This is crazy. Like what we put up with, right. the, the uncertainty of it, the irregularity of it, right. the unfairness of it. Right. But just like going back to the dream thing, it's like we're all having this crazy dream and you and I as grown people have gotten used to it. You're like, well, there's gravity and uh, there's hunger right. and there's sleep and sometimes there's completely uncalled for anxiety right? <laughs> like just for no reason right? and we've gotten used to it because we've done it for so long but they just showed up here going like I don't understand and we're like <laughs> I know it's crazy and you just kind of have to I know and it's fun to be them. able first of all how much pot did you smoke before this conversation none none okay this is the- a natural high. <laughs> I'm sorry I have to do that to camera this is a natural high. thank you yes um, I. but what's so great about having kids is when they see things for the first time, and then you get to see it the same way. Yeah, that's right. It's so thrilling. Because they're as excited as we should be. Yeah. But there, I think there's a neurological reason for that, is our brains have adapted. Not just our psyches or our personalities have adapted and been like, well, life is sometimes unfair, or sometimes you're anxious for no reason. But it's also visually editing out things that aren't important. Isn't that right. why? It, and, and her brain isn't doing that. Right. So speaking of drugs, that's one of the things that drugs can do. Certain drugs, psychedelics, for example, will stop that process. And you will see a flower in all of its beauty or whatever. And that's really not helpful. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm. Like it's fun, but it's not helpful. That's why your brain goes, don't show them the flower. But when you, and, and marijuana is a, a mild psychedelic as well. So when you're stoned, you can see a flower in a different way. The I remember a long time ago, I took one of my sons to the car wash and he'd <laughs> never been there before. I mean, he was young. And so, and so the car was going through and we were watching at the window. One of the drive-through ones. Uh-huh. So fun. And he started to cry. Wow. What are they doing to our car? Yeah, what is this felt octopus? Yeah. He's he found, not wrong. He's he was terrified and I was like, "Oh my god." <laughs> this is But a, this is a that's an example of no, what I'm Yeah, right? You're hearing me perfectly. Yeah. You and I What about the dentist? He's oh, going to chisel your teeth. Or or the doctor, he's going to poke you. Right. Don't worry. It's just to inject you with something. Right. That's going to change your right. cell or whatever, cure a disease, whatever it might do. That's insane. Right. Or bags of fluid. The number of things that we're overlooking, it takes a whole day to forget them. Yeah. Or an hour. <laughs> did, that, did that just take I'm you tired. to a heavy place? <laughs> yes. <laughs> there were bags, of, was it bags of fluid? Yeah, that was it. Well- the first time your kid cuts themselves and, and blood starts coming out and you're just, are you queasy? Are you queasing her? No, 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 no. I'm not. You're are not? you? No. No. Do you want a blood sport? No. <laughs> okay, just kidding. 
<laughs> thought maybe we would fight to the death. That, that's weird that you said no. Um, but the first time she starts putting together what she is or that she's a skeleton. Oh, yeah. Weird. Weird. Fucking. Or that there's another set of teeth behind her teeth waiting to come out. My daughter has two sets of teeth. Or when they get older, you'll see, and they, what do you mean she has two sets of, oh, because the big, yeah. Let's not even talk about it. It's too right. fucking weird. Yeah. This is exactly my point. When the um, they get older and they start to read for pleasure. Mm. RFP. And, yeah. <clears throat> ATM, JK. And so, um, uh, and you know what that was? A CB. Senior moment? No, CB. Yeah, I know, but I thought even the senior moment extended into the acronym. No, that meant callback. Callback. Thank you. So, but anyway, what I was going to say was, um, he was reading, oh God. For pleasure. Yeah, but what was, what's of mice and men? Soft things. And, yeah, and that happens at the end. I won't, I won't spoiler alert it for, you know, but it has very sad sad I feel like turn of events and he came in I know I'm kidding but he <laughs> came into he was reading it was probably maybe fourth grade mm. and he came in and just bawling and I, I and I just remember I, yeah anyway I, I, I'm just musing on the same thing over no, and over again you're, you're we're in a jazz band and you have a trumpet and you're playing beautifully that is exactly you're, correct you're hearing the theme that I established yes and and I'm I'll improvising. I'll hit the ball back with this. Yes. I used to go on walks with my mom. Mom mm-hmm. walks. Mm-hmm. I was just, dad's out. Where's dad? He's working. Mm-hmm. He's at a ball game with my brother. I'm strolling with the ladies. Yeah. And if we saw a squirrel get hit by a car, <gasps> immediately I'd just start bawling. Just bawling. And my mom knew. You'd see it and you're like, this doesn't look good for the squirrel. I'd pre-go into her to be like, because <laughs> it's fucking nuts. Like, well, how many squirrels are getting killed in your neighborhood? It was a problem. Yeah. There was a guy who was, really seemed to be aiming for him. Or maybe stupid squirrels. I mean, maybe they're really dumb I, in I'm, your neck of the woods. I feel like if it's not in regards to storing acorns, they're dumb as, they're dumb as shit. <laughs> they're dumb as beans. Uh-huh. What's your biggest problem with your husband? What do you get on him the most about? What in the living hell did that come from? Look, I listen to Conan's podcast, not to shoot down the big dog, but what a snooze. Let's keep it moving. <laughs> This guy's going on and on about how great Veep is. Who gives a fuck? <laughs> well, uh, I'm trying to think. What is it about my husband? Well, first of all, he's he's incredibly. In- I'm saying the nice things. He's incredibly yeah. intelligent. True. He is. He can fix any. Okay, I'm going to say this, but we have to touch wood because I don't want to jinx it. Yeah, that's but good. He's so good at fixing all computer technological things. Like, it's unbelievable. Okay. He's a great sense of humor. He's very generous. He's very kind. I met him at the thing. You met him at the tall, thing. Tall, too. There's he's where very your, tall. your son that's gets That's where the tallness came. Although my mom's side of the family, also very tall. I just got the shrimp gene, but whatever. Mm, um, sounds delicious. <laughs> he's, um, uh, yeah, and he's maybe... Uh, a little bit uh, forgetful. He's a forgetter. A little bit. Uh, he has he has something that actually my son has too. A sort of it's called I think it's called object impermanence. Uh huh. Like yeah. peekaboo. He'd be fooled by peekaboo. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, that's what object impermanence is. 
It is? Yeah. If I disappear behind this, I no longer exist. That's what object impermanence oh, is. Oh, I see. Well, okay. Well, maybe that's one version of it. But in his case, and also in my son's case, it's very hard for them to keep hold of things, if that makes sense. He comes in, he'll put his the keys down, and then... That's just like a literal, in the material, in the three dimensions, their objects are impermanent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I understand. So it's not really that big of a complaint. What what complaint do you have about your wife? <laughs> yeah. I would never. What if I just don't answer? I would never. Have a complaint? What, sell them out for a podcast? Like I just did? JK, of course. Val, um, it's hard to know what Val really thinks. Hmm. And I would say that. She's going to listen to this. It, and I, I love that about her. If... Val doesn't like something. Mm-hmm. I sometimes have to like interpret. Like I'll say, do you want to go uh, to this thing? And she'll be like, yeah. And I'm like, that's a no. That's a hard no. Oh, I see. Well, that's the, excuse me. Those are relationship dynamics. RDs? Mm-hmm. What do you mean? Like, how does that? FS. Friendship? For sure. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me more, for sure. You you mean that's normal for a relationship? I think to a certain extent. Here's, here's another example. Yesterday, mm. we're dropping Leela off at school. I know Val has to pee. We were coming back from LA to get Leela at school. She's talking about how she has to pee. I have to pee. I'm going to explode. I have to pee. We pull into the parking lot. We get out. There's one of the kids' moms. I blow right past them. I'm going to go get my daughter. Hi, nice to see you. Val starts talking to them. I almost was like, I know, like her lawyer or her secret service, I should go, she has to pee. She has to pee right now. I go and get Leela. I sign her out. I come back. She's still talking. I yell, Val, go pee. That's that's one of the things that I'm like, it's not like a big problem for me, but I'm like, she would admit she needs to get better at going like, pee. I need to pee. You know what I mean? And and was she happy that you said that? Yeah, I think so. I think we help each other out. We have a good. We I, I called our relationship yesterday the perfect Arnold Palmer. Oh, nice! <laughs> yeah. I think we got a really good blend. Oh, I like that. You seem to have a good blend with your partner. I how, do. How does he deal with the? Because Val, I don't want to say she coddles me, but she knows that this business has ups, downs, has the three thirties where everything shuts off. Yeah. Does he do well with? Is he a steady Eddie or is he also like... Total steady Eddie. Always has been. Always has been. Yeah. Just because he's an intellectual guy, has a lot of interests. Uh, he's he's just... Um, I mean, I, I like to be with him, you know? I like to be with him. It's the nice. The key to a successful relationship. Yeah, I, I just I like, like to be with him. I like being with them. Yeah. And you probably... I'm putting words in your mouth, but tell me if you agree. Yeah. You feel more yourself with him. There, like there's not a sh- you're not putting on a show you can go now just julia yeah and you know what else too like i've had a- occasionally i've been away and i've been on a location shooting something mm. and he hasn't been able to be with me and after a period of time it's a, it's it's hard to for me anyway i mean we've been married a long time we, we've been together a long time uh to be by myself past a certain am- amount of time yes yeah it's like i'm I, yeah, exactly. Snow, so and I might get some of those cans because yeah. I have to go to it uh, um, away in a couple couple months and I have to be gone for a while and I think I'm going to get some cans and sticks. Yes. Yes. Look, 
feel free to dodge. I think it's a beautiful question. It's sort of a classic question. Uh-oh. But I know I got into show business because I, I, don't, I like the way I feel when I'm being engaged with. Like I like being heard uh-huh. and I like hearing people. Mm-hmm. And I grew up in a house where I was sort of like, does anyone hear anyone? <laughs> like there was like, a, that. that's the classic part. Mm-hmm. Are you in touch with what, it, and it doesn't have to be bad, but like what drove you? Because it is, there's sort of a compulsive quality oh. to wanting to perform, to wanting to make other people laugh. And I know that's a, a classic, you know, mm. shrink thing, but I'm interested in if you're in touch with that. Well, I like, uh, I think that it is, <clears throat> the pretend of it all, the pretend uh, um, pretending to be a character and really getting just like down and dirty with it and really rolling around in a role yeah, um, is good for my psyche. Um, and maybe because it, I think it was sort of a savior to me uh, as a child, uh, and it was almost in a weird way centering. And so, and that's, and, and I just feel very comfortable um, being challenged by the experience of pretending to take on a character. The, is it like a bubble experience? Yeah. Yeah. So you, the outside world falls off. Falls off. Yeah. And of course, that's very comforting. With, again, feel free to dodge, but what was it? What does it feel like when you're not in that bubble? I'm a highly sensitive person. Mm. I get freaked out. I like doing stand-up comedy. But if you think about it, stand-up is an incredibly controlled circumstance. Just like being on set. The lights are in certain places. Your your mark is in a certain place. Your clothes. It's a control freak's dream. Whereas I think other people look at it and they go like, "How can you go out and perform? And and aren't you nervous?" Yeah, but what but you but stand up. But stand up is really different, don't you think? I mean, I think it then is. Act, I mean, I and a, I, I don't mean different in a bad or a good way. I just mean it's a different <clears throat> beast. I think it is. But what I'm the there's a bubble quality to it. Some people might go. Oh, the tension that there's these people looking at you, and I'm I'm more thinking about the bubble that's created, where I'm like, everything goes away. Like you're saying, you you roll around with it. I'm playing the role of a stand-up comedian, but I'm completely lost for mm. that hour. Mm. And you come back, and you might as well have been. There was efforting for sure, but it feels like you took a, a week long nap or yeah, something. Yeah, right, right. And right. so I'm wondering, are you? I think those are the dopamines or whatever it is. For sure, absolutely. Yeah. There's a lot of reward chemicals happening. I always say this, but the guy, the free solo guy that climbed the mountain, I'm like, these guys are trying to shut off their minds. You know what I mean? Mm. It's not just I love being low and then I love getting high very slowly. They want to shut off their brains. So is the world an overwhelming place to you? Can be, yeah. sure. Yeah. Um, how how could it not be, really? I don't know. I see a lot of people at dinner parties just having a fun time. You put me in a dinner party, I, I, I'm not enjoying it. I, I don't like. You're not like a this. dinner. You're not a dinner party person. What? What I, happens? I just, I I'm quietly envious that people are just kind of like okay with how loud it is. That's one. How uh-huh. is everyone okay with how loud it is? Why am I yelling North Dakota? North Dakota. Like, uh-huh. how was your show? How am I going to fucking tell you? Appetizers are getting dropped. I don't like it. 
right. like this. Right. The thing that I like about Pete is Pete looks out for Pete, and Pete figured out that Pete likes one-on-one conversation, so Pete made a podcast. This is beautiful. I see. I know this is work and press or whatever, but I like this kind of conversation. We can really hear each other, and I can lock on to you. Okay, but wait a minute. <clears throat> so do you ever have like a couple come to your house and have dinner? Do you yeah, ever do that? I'll do that. That's more calm. Do it. In fact, I'll do a dinner party at my house. Uh huh. I just don't want to do it in like a loud restaurant with the oh, variables. I see. Uh huh. But you're not that way. You can enjoy a party. Hey, we're going to the WME Emmy party. Are you going to have fun? Uh, absolutely. And I'm not going. Absolutely not. And I'm not going. Tell me why. I don't. It's too. It's um. It's it's too businessy. It's too um. Phony. Yeah, of course. Yeah. I mean, I understand people have to go to those things and, you know, rub elbows and all the rest of it, but I would prefer to skip it. Okay, we're going to a party of my friend. We're good friends yeah. in this scenario. Yes. And I'm going to a party, but you're not going to know anybody. Just kind of like a regular party. Are you going to enjoy that? But it's I don't like know. A, what does regular party yeah, mean crowded, anymore? Like picture a party in a, in a movie. <laughs> you know, there's a punch bowl. No, uh, I'm not going to that party. Sorry. Okay, yeah. I'm not. And tell me why. What are the feelings that make that? It's just, I'm kind of, I, I'm already sort of feeling tired. <laughs> and what is the tired protecting? It's a lot of work to go to a party like that, yeah. I think, you know? And it's exhausting. And it's a little tiring. Yeah. yeah. It's a little tiring. I I prefer, a, I mean, it's not like I don't go to those kind of parties, but I prefer a gathering of, mm, a smaller gathering of people yeah. that, you know, so that you can actually have a proper conversation. Although I will say this, I do like to play games. Games are great. Games are great. Because isn't shooting a movie a game? Totally. You know I mean? it's, it's the same a, thing. It's a structure. Yes. That's why I love being on set too. It's like we're all pointed in the same direction. Yes, we're, we're all, all on this goal. team. We're all on this team. Yeah. That's right. Totally. And if and if we like each other, it bleeds through. That's right. Speaking of, did you and James Gandolfini love each other? Because when I, I watched that movie, yes. I, I'm like, there's... Because I heard a rumor that if actors hate each other, I heard Scar- Scarlett Johansson and Bill Murray didn't like each other, but that reads as love in Lost in Translation. Really? And you guys, we just watched it for pleasure. I was like, Julia's doing it this week. We just threw it on because we love it. Please tell me that it was as much of a joy as it seemed to be. It really was. And that's really what he was like. I he, believe it. He's He was very much a, a, um, a dear, kind of tender guy with a lot of insecurity. Interesting. Yes. Yeah. And, uh, and quiet, like kind of soft spoken, and yeah, and a little bit. He could be a little combative, uh, like with material. Uh, you mean creatively combative? Yeah, I don't mean he was misbehaved, but I do mean he was resistant. That's oh, the word. What a great term. That no, he was misbehaved. No, no, but he was resistant to sometimes to direction that Nicole Hall of Center wrote and directed that movie, and sometimes he would be. Uh, uh, re- resistant to trying her suggestion directorially or a particular line change or whatever, right? And but so, that sensitivity too, right? That's that's yeah. Kind of I think a- I think so, and it came from a. I think it d- did come from a place of insecurity, and yeah. I would just badger him into it. Yeah, but I really was fond of him. I, I that I movie loved is him. a treasure, I, especially since we've lost him. Watching I it is like know. this time capsule of. And I, I'm just glad I have the chills that you confirmed. I'm like, I feel like this is like yeah. A and real as a matter him. of fact, when I um, I was at the Emmys 
uh, af- and this is after he had passed, and Edie Falco came up to me, mm. and she was like, I'm so glad you made that movie, because that's really who he was. Right. And I said, I know, I know. Oh. It was nice. It was nice for her to say that. That's the perfect, that's like a bronzable compliment. Yeah, it really was. And it is. It's a gift. Yeah. It's so great. And that chemistry, which is kind of hard to do. In general, when you're trying to make chemistry with somebody, is that efforting or do you just hope it works on the day? Do you um, like hang out beforehand? We, we did a little hang out. We did rehearsing and stuff like yeah. that. But you know how you can sort of, uh, you get a sense of somebody pretty quickly as yeah. to whether or yeah. not, yeah. That's right. And uh, yeah, I, I knew it would work with him. That's so fun. Yeah, he's a really nice guy. I'm glad I thought to ask that. Yeah. I... Okay, this is another very specific question. All right. I was doing a, a guest spot on a multicam recently. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'm going to do a voice. I'm just, I feel like this guy's, <laughs> I, know, I know. I'm going to try a voice. I'm just going to give it a little, because he, he, I talk very fast. I'm high processing, right? Mm-hmm. So I talk fast. And that's an indication of a character. It's a character trait that somebody talks fast, uh-huh. right? Yeah, so totally. I was like, this guy's dumb. He doesn't talk fast. So I was like, how do, how do I sound when I talk slow? And I kind of am playing with it. And it starts getting a little Keanu. Just a little Keanu is creeping in. Can I hear it? It was probably like, hi. What's, hey, hey Julia. Yep. Subtle. Yeah. But still a, still a swing. Okay. I'm not sure it's subtle. I'm not sure it's subtle. I Krasinski to the camera. <laughs> and feelings hurt. No, 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 no. But wait a minute. I have based a career on not subtle. So don't take it as I'm not knocking you in any way. Julia, I've never felt closer to you than when you (laughs) said, I don't know if it was subtle. (laughs) Kind of like when I said, no one cares about your podcast and you laughed. It was the best moment for both of us and we loved it. (laughs) What I'm saying is you live in that tension. And oh, to finish the story, Betsy, uh, the director, I do take one, take two even, and I'm doing it. And she comes over. Hey, and she Pete. just goes, she, she's, a, she's a pal of mine. And she just goes like, it's getting a little Bill and Ted's. That's what she said. Uh, and I just dropped it. I wonder how many, your job is to take risks. Yeah. And it's fucking embarrassing. And it's difficult. Yeah. And does that bring anything to mind? A time when you made a move that you weren't sure about? Like, you're, is it going to play? Did someone ever have to correct you, course correct you, to protect you? from doing something that was dumb. Oh, I'm certain of it. I have, um, I'm trying to remember, uh, I, I, I wish I could give you an actual <clears throat> story here, but all I was ever doing was trying weird, bizarre things <clears throat> with the, with the hope of course that they would land. But yeah. you know, I, I uh, a course correction. I'll, I'll take you off the hook for, for an anecdote. It, it's more like you relate to the feeling of like, do you get a little nervous? You're like, I'm going to do this thing and the writers are here. What if it's the wrong play? Oh my God. Yeah. Because yeah. you seem so forged in steel. I'll give you a specific. No, no, I'm not. I love it. it I'm makes definitely me feel... not. I'm definitely not. I don't think people know that. I mean, I have a lot of experience now under my belt. So there's certain things I do sort of have a sense of, but when you're trying, you know, new shit out there yeah it can be a little bill and ted <laughs> i just yeah. put us in the same category but it can we're the be same. we're the same no it can't be yeah no it can but what, what i think is funny is if you go back 21 years old snl youngest uh female or just youngest all time i'm not sure i think i heard youngest. Eddie. Female, oh but... no not youngest oh. of all time because i think uh 
uh, Eddie Murphy was in Utero. No, um, I can't remember the guy's name. But anyway, the guy who was dating all those girls. Pete Davidson. Yeah, I think he's the youngest. The guy who was dating all those girls. I love that. Can you cut that out? You cannot. I forbid. What's wrong with the guy that was dating all those girls? That is the best... Neil Brennan, somebody asked Neil Brennan, they were like, are, is, are com- comedians in trouble? And they're like, Colin Jost is dating Scarlett Johansson. Pete Davidson's dating Kim Kardashian. I think they're doing fine. Like, can we stop acting like they're an endangered species? But yes, we'll take it out if you want. And whatever. Anyway. <laughs> I don't know. Here's my would... question. Yes. You're 21 years old. I watched you on SNL just to, you know, remember. And what I really, what's up? I just already that you're just watching it. I just am dying on the inside. But really? Carry, no, no, carry on. Here it comes. You're going to love it. No. No, you're, I think you're going to like the area. Well, let's go. Go. I was struck that your voice, literally your voice, the way that you talk on Veep now as I'm talking to you, which is a very funny way of talking. You know what I mean by that? I don't mean it's like a joke. I mean like... There's a musicality to it. It's engaging. It's interesting and it's unique. Just okay. like your heroes, Lucille Ball. I'll, just to make it less exotic, I am also speaking in my comedic affect, affectation, which is based on yeah. research. This is how you get people to listen to you. You have to modulate. You have to change. But you have a very <laughs> specific. I know I sound like Tony Robbins. Get them listening. <laughs> but you, twenty one. I'm. I'm like. I, surely she had a lot to learn, but there you were. I, I saw the Julia that's here today, even at that age. Really? I did. I Meaning anyone listening to it would go, that's that's Julia Louis-Dreyfus, even if they didn't know you were on SNL. And there you are, 21. Tell me a little bit about where are you putting that together and where are you trying it out? I know you have your heroes, but where were you building that voice before you got SNL? I was never, th- I don't even, I-, I never thought about a voice. I just mean your artistic voice, not literally. I know I was talking about literally your voice. Oh, um, <clears throat> I mean, are you kidding me? I was doing it from the from the earliest age possible. I mean, for your friends and family, totally. I had a, I had a. We did shows in the basement. We charged my parents to come down to watch, and they were excellent productions, by the way. Yeah. What are these shows? I had a theater troupe. We called ourselves the University Players. This was with my neighbors. Yeah. Oh, you 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 cast a wide net for the talent. Totally, it was a massive <laughs> casting call, and we had, and also I had a, a modern dance troupe called Julia and the Umbrella People, and we, I mean, why our, Umbrella People? I don't know. I thought it sounded pretty groovy. I mean, you're, and you know it does. You're very close to like what they would call something off Broadway. You know what I mean? Like you nailed it. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, and so um, <clears throat> the but the our our big claim to fame was a production of Sorry Wrong Number, which was a uh, yeah right, which was sort of a thriller. What did you get from my face that you said yeah right? Yeah, <laughs> only delight. Okay, only well anyway, delight. Sorry did Wrong you, Number. Did you we write did. this? No, no, it was Sorry Wrong Number was a play and a, actually and also a film that was from the mid uh, early 1950s, I believe. And our team over here is going to be Googling that for us as we as I'm talking to you and they'll get back to us shortly <laughs> with the correct information. And I played Mrs. Stevenson, who was the lead 
uh, who is trying, someone's breaking into her, her apartment. She's an invalid and she is trying to get help. And so that was the play that we did. That's heavy material for No children. kidding. <laughs> it's super heavy. But I had five and six-year-olds in it. I swear to you, I did. I did. And they were fucking their them. lines up and it really pissed me off. You were into it. Oh, yeah. Can I? I mean, for real, I remember this one kid. He didn't say the line right. And I was like, God damn it. Yes. And he was five. Oh, my God. (laughs) And that boy grew up. Uh, He's actually quite fine. I relate so hard. Do we have the year? No. Oh, I'm sorry. Forty-eight. Oh, so let, it's the forties. Let my employee look it up for you. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, it's okay. Whatever meme you're no, they're sharing. Getting, no, they're go- they're going to Barbara Strum uh, face cream, which is what I need. At least they better be. Yes, that's just a reminder that she wants the light. Is it the light? Classic. Classic. Classic yeah. Which is another word for light, I believe. No. Okay. Felt like that could have been delivered with less attitude. Can we do another take nope. on that? That's All the only I, one I got. I relate so hard. I made little VHS camcorder movies mm. and took them very seriously. We made a movie called The Terminator, which was Kermit the Frog in a Terminator 2 jacket because Terminator 2 was out. Perfect. And my friend Ern, I still make fun of him for it. His name's Aaron. We call him Ern. One of the lines was, let's just say I watch a lot of MacGyver. And I, re- I didn't know the term, but I wanted him to throw it away. Motherfucker does it to the camera. Ruins the joke. He goes, let's just say I watch a lot of MacGyver. I'm like, that, but we didn't do takes. It was it. We had it. It You couldn't go back. Like, I guess you could. You could have, but you didn't think to do it. Yes. And I was livid. I was like, you just ruined it. Yeah. I was like, that would have (laughs) played if you hadn't done it the absolute worst way. Let me tell you something. All this play business, it's serious. It's a serious business. It's a serious business. It is. And it mattered. It mattered. Like laughs mattered and acting mattered, drama mattered. Yes. I'm surprised that it wasn't a comedy, though. When did it. When did your when did you hone in that you were like I think it's more the hahas? Um, I got to tell you something. It it was just sort of the jobs I got because I did uh, dramatic stuff like when I was in college. I did Three Penny Opera and and uh, Joe Egg. I remember I did that play. These are all the uh, dramas. And uh, hmm. but then when I got hired professionally, it seemed to always be in comedy. So it wasn't like I was gunning for comedy stuff, you know? Interesting. Yeah. We won't dwell on Seinfeld because I don't want to dwell on the obvious, but here's, that's, other than SNL, that's your most regular long-running comedy thing. Mm -hmm. Were you like trying to pick up tricks and techniques or was it just kind of like, this is, this is a character, this is a scene, you know, were you trying to be bright and tight, like certain words? Uh... I don't know what you mean. I don't understand the question. I'm not kidding. What, <laughs> were you looking at it like just another job or were you like, let me really learn about comedy now. Let me study the techniques and the moves and, and the tricks really of the great so that I can like hack my way into a better comedic performance. Oh, I think I was uh, studying without realizing I was studying. I mean, because I grew up watching, you know, Lucy and and fucking uh, all in the family and that was an you know and um mm. and mary and and 
films, I mean, I, it was all I was about was watching these things. So that when uh, I think in addition to just the experience of being an actor, by the time I got to set, it was like, that was just sort of baked in all that stuff, you know, Mm -hmm. doesn't mean I knew it all, but, but it was in there. Oh yeah. And it was really about not so much, um, uh, hmm. Oh, and I'd also done a lot of, um, improvisational work when I was in Chicago. That was, that's a huge skill set to bring to any work. Scripted work. I did second city. I did practical theater company in Chicago. And, so that that's just like a major major skill set to bring to work to any work as a character drama or comedy by of the course. way. Of course. Yeah. You were in a main stage review at Second City? No, for- I wasn't. I was in the touring company. Oh, the Torco. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, were you? No, I I was summarily rejected. That's all right. It's okay. It wasn't that much fun for me, actually. I didn't love it. I loved working with another theater company called Practical Theater Company, which was my husband's theater company back then. And we had we did shows that were, which were a shit ton of fun and that successful was too. A yeah. better fit. Yeah, I didn't know what I was getting into. Like, had I booked it, I was new. This is weird. I was I got married when I was twenty two, mm-hmm. and our honeymoon was driving to Chicago. That's how obsessed I was with comedy. Got I it. I was like, I'm going to audition for Second City. Yeah, and I didn't get it. But had I gotten it. It's, I, I'm not saying you need to be single, but it helps if you're going to like tour around and like leave. Or what if I had gotten um, the Improv Olympic that they do in Amsterdam? You know what I mean? It's just like, I guess we're going to live in Amsterdam for three months. The weird 22-year-old with a wife. Like it just didn't, I didn't understand how much being a free agent, being a young person that could kind of move anywhere would have been an asset. Right. I, I was trying to be a, a little husband. Got it. Which was super weird. Yeah. So you got in. Did is that what you didn't love about it? Was all the travel? I'm assuming. Oh, it wasn't. Uh, it wasn't well run, and we were we were doing other people's material, and everybody was insanely uh, high, and there were a lot of drugs, and it was a lot of uh, people with. There was a lot of bitterness and infighting yeah. and competition. It was not my cup of tea. I I I much preferred where I'd come from, and then where I ultimately you know, went to, I mean, and, and that's what, uh, when, by the time I started working on Seinfeld, it, w- the beauty of it was that it was a proper ensemble and everybody was very much just trying to work together to elevate what was phenomenal material, but it enhance it even further. And it was teamwork and, it, yeah. and, and that was just sublime. Of course. This episode is brought to us by our friends at LMNT Element, my newest morning routine, which I absolutely look forward to and love because healthy hydration isn't just about drinking water. It's about drinking water plus electrolytes because you lose both when you sweat. So both need to be replaced to prevent muscle cramps, headaches, and energy dips. Also, there's neuroconnectivity things going on when electrolytes are flush in your body. Most people are only replacing water because they always told us to drink eight glasses of water per day, even if you weren't thirsty, but that's actually a terrible idea. It dilutes blood blood electrolyte levels, especially sodium, which can lead to headaches, low energy, cramps, confusion, or worse. So the solution to getting through your workout and just getting through your day with proper hydration to optimize your body and your mind is Element. 
LMNT. I just got obsessed with their chocolate flavor. I didn't think I would like it for some reason. It is my absolute favorite. I've started drinking it hot, which is incredible. Element is a huge part of my wellness program. You mix it up. Watermelon salt is my other favorite flavor. Good to go. No sugar, no artificial junk, just a packet that you pour into the water, stir it up, and off you go, providing the optimal ratios for sodium, potassium, and magnesium for health, performance, and energy. It also tastes incredible. And Element has come up with a fantastic offer for us weirdos. Just go to drinklmnt.com slash weird and use promo code weird to get a free Element sample pack with any order when you order. And if Element doesn't exceed your expectations, they offer a no questions asked refund policy. You don't even have to send it back. So support your body, support the show. Go to drinklmnt.com slash weird to get your free sample pack with any purchase and see how good proper hydration feels coursing through your body. I friggin' love it. Drinkelement.com slash weird. Sorry about that. We're also brought to us by our friends at PYM Choose. Prepare your mind. PYM Choose help you manage feelings of stress, anxiety, and overwhelm. It is a wonderful tool when you are feeling worried, stressed out, or as we like to say on the show, you have just a bee in your belly. You can't settle in. You can't face your inbox. You can't face that workload. PYM chews, two delicious, naturally flavored, no sugar added chews, and in minutes, you start to feel more centered, calm, and control. This is my go-to when I can't face my workload. I just can't open up the laptop I actually have them right here. Wasn't even planning that. I pop in two PYMs and within minutes, I am ready to get into flow. When I first tried them, they were so incredible. I thought it was too good to be true. I bought subscriptions for my mom and my brother. Just so happy that anxiety and stress have a natural, non-addictive, non-psychoactive solution. I take it, as I said, before I'm working, I sometimes also take it in the morning just to ease into whatever I'm up to or at night to wind down. How do they do it? PYM Choose are comprised of proven, excuse me, amino acids and complexes and adaptogens that help support your body and your brain's ability to organically support and manage and tolerate stress, anxiety, and overwhelm. They also make mood magnesium, which helps me fall asleep at night. I take it at night after my PYMs sleep throughout the night and wake up feeling rested. So mood magnesium, which includes the three magnesiums with the most evidence to support their effects on stress and sleep. Everything on their website, guys, is gonna help with these things, but especially the the mood chews, which I love, and mood magnesium. So help your body fight off stress and overwhelm and sleep more deeply with PYM and show your support of the show. Go to youcanpym.com slash weird and use promo code weird for 15%. That's U-Y-O-U, as in you, you can PYM, like prepare your mind, you can PYM.com slash weird and use promo code weird for 15% off. All right, everybody, back to Julia Louis. I just, I shot something last year on stage nine at Radford. Oh, you did? And uh, the DP, Wayne, was your DP. Oh, really? Yeah, Wayne yeah. was there? Yeah. Wow. And I would ask him a lot of Seinfeld questions. I won't ask you, but the one thing that stood out was that you guys didn't improvise, which I... I just didn't do alts even. I mean, like I thought, right? It was like we, kind of one, two, three. That's what he said. Uh, well, I mean, we would play around during rehearsal, and things would happen that would, if they worked, they would get folded into the script. I see. But it wasn't improvising like we did on Veep, which was a lot. But again, we had a script on Veep, but a lot of improvising that was sort of folded back into the the stew of the material. Right. Uh, but. 
on that show, you know, but I mean, these evenings would go late, the shooting. I can't fucking remember what we were, um, why it would go so late. I guess because sometimes, uh, maybe sometimes scenes weren't quite working and then there would be rewriting well, there like on the George, fly. The, the sea was angry that day, my friends, was mm-hmm. written like 20 minutes before. Right. And I, I remember that that story that, it, did that ever happen? Did you ever have to learn something very, very quickly? Oh, yeah, I'm sure. But I can't remember <laughs> a, a, a detail like that. That was yeah, an amazing moment. Yeah. No, I didn't know anyone could learn a monologue that quickly from the story. Apparently, you just read it through a couple times and just... Well, it was so well. It helps when something's really well written, which that's that right. was. Yeah. And if it's very well written, sometimes it's pretty easy to memorize. That's right. The, mm-hmm. the lines are sort of linked, very clear. linked together. Yeah. The other sort of synchronicity. So Jason was on Pyramid yesterday, and so was Rosie O'Donnell, who I didn't know also auditioned for Elaine. I just kind of thought that was an interesting oh, little synchronicity. Right. Yeah. Right. Isn't that wild? Yeah. Would you tell me about the audition process do you remember i mean if yeah it was, it was not really an audition because what happened was i mean it was and it wasn't i i had been on snl and i i was on it for three years and in my third year larry david was on it mm-hmm. and uh he <laughs> yeah Too late. and Larry and i became friends um because we were really both pretty unhappy at snl and he wasn't getting his material on and they weren't using me and i was you know <clears throat> it was it was a relatively miserable experience and we sort of shared that you know yeah together right anyway so then which by the way can i just say the chances it doesn't even seem to have everything to do with talent meaning can you be talented in this environment in this kind of structure in this kind of like it's like a machine that some people gel with and some people don't so it doesn't surprise me that you guys were like feeling like outcasts yeah 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 and um anyway and so then <clears throat> he went off i you know we really weren't in touch for a couple of years i did a few uh what was i do oh yeah i did i did a series or whatever in L- in la can moved here and did that and then all it, of a sudden it got picked up it was I, it was like it had two it was with uh, gary goldberg's company it was called uh day by day i did that for two years i believe we did it anyway whatever what and kind so of show was it i'm sorry it was a sitcom it was a sitcom about a daycare center and i was the snarky neighbor no way yeah so you were kind of in the system you were in i was a little bit i was in the system yeah that's right and actually I had a lot of fun doing that show yeah. um and, and so anyway and then that show ended, and and then my agent called and said, uh, "Larry David's written these scripts, and you know they'd love for you to give read, blah blah, four scripts." They'd already shot the pilot. I wasn't in the pilot. Yeah, I remember. And so, and Kramer has a dog, and his and name's so, Kessler. And so I read those four scripts. And I was blown away by the material, but I didn't have a lot to do in two of the four scripts. Mm -hmm. But the material was so, like, fucking weird and out there and so unlike anything that was on television at the time Mm -hmm. that, and of course, I knew Lair. Mm -hmm. So I went in to see Larry, and Jared was there, and I kind of recognized Jerry because he was doing, he was a stand-up like he had done. Uh, Carson and stuff, but I, I, you know, I don't know the stand. I didn't know the stand-up world at all. But you know, anyway, we just hung out. He was eating cereal. We were just hanging out, and then <laughs> Sorry, Jerry that sounds like you're making it up now. No, but He's I swear to you, cereal. No, Larry's no. complaining, <laughs> right? But I mean, it did have that vibe. It was yeah. like a they were being who they are. They were being who they are. It wasn't like you know, 
executives that you're going in front of, la, yeah. la, la, la. Yeah. And so then Jerry and I went into an office and we read the first scene of the, I don't know what, I can't remember what episode it is. Maybe it's a stakeout. I don't know. Anyway, we just sat on the couch and read this scene um, then, and we were joking around and laughing and that was the end of it. And so then I then I left the offices and Larry came running out and he said, what do you think? Do you want to do it? And I said, yeah, but I was actually- Wait, they didn't let you leave. They didn't what? They didn't let you leave. You're trying to leave and he runs no, out. No, no, no. I was walking down the sidewalk. He came out after me. You. Yeah. And he said, what do you think? And I said, I hope we can make it work. I actually had another, it was a long story, but anyway. Sidewalk offer? It wasn't even an offer. It was just like, I mean, it, it felt like a- I don't know how to say this. It, I know it, it has this, all this import, the show and everything, but then it was just like yeah. a friend of mine was doing a show. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. understand what I'm saying? Yeah. And so he was, and, and I was like, yeah, I mean, I, I really like it. It's really fun. Let's, you know, anyway, they made a deal over the weekend. We shot the following week. Wow. Yeah. I mean, they had to make the deal lickety split because they were on, and I didn't have to go test uh, that you know they do these test deals in show business, and I didn't have to do that because NBC already knew me from SNL and from this uh, from other day by day. show from Day by Day, which helped. It did help actually. So you and Jerry must have had chemistry. I mean, you must have yes, been we did. Oh yeah, we were howling laughing. Yeah, really. Yeah, and the director Tom Sharonis was in that room, so he was sort of watching us do the scene together. It was fun. It was the scene in which he says, uh, "You want to go out to eat?" And I said. And he's and oh, I say sure, either, yeah. and he says, "Where do you want to go?" And I say, "I don't care. I'm not hungry." It was that scene. Yeah, yeah. But even that line, that I don't care. I'm not hungry. It was like, huh? Is that a joke or not? It was like, it's just weird. Yeah. And it was, I, I really, uh, I, I, I cotton to that. I cotton to that. Yeah, I, co- I, I, I like it. I love. I just, I'm admiring your eloquence. I'm, I, I'm surprised I just used that as a verb. <laughs> <laughs> were you making each other laugh in the scene or was it a, an off-page chemistry or both? I think it was both. Yeah. I'd be curious to ask Jerry what his memory is of that. Yeah. That's very fun. Mm. But at the time, obviously nobody, it's just a show. It's just your friends. It's a small pickup. It's a six episode. Four, my four friend. So there's the hard season th- was four? Four. It was like, <laughs> this show's going nowhere. It's going nowhere. Yeah, For real. It's, like a, it's a replacement. It's a mid-season yeah. kind of... They and, snuck it in through late-night programming. I'm and, telling you. And never would have... And I thought, after we made those four, I thought, oh my God, this show's so good. They're too stupid to pick it up. Because yeah. I thought, it's just so unusual. They'll right. never, ever pick it up. And it, I think it only got picked up on like a flute, kind of like they didn't have anything else. Well, it was a, they picked it up as a mid-season. Right. Oh, you mean after the four? Yeah, then we did 13 episodes. Okay, so you had a, a time off of an yeah. uncertainty. Yeah, I don't really remember it very well. I, neither do I, and I really, it's on me to have done that research, so I'm embarrassed. Oh, well, but I it's believe- on me, it's my life, I can't fucking remember it. <laughs> All I know is Seinfeld has been used as the example of no one gives shows a chance anymore, and everyone always says Seinfeld would have been canceled based on numbers yes. after the first four, after the first season. Yes. That it wasn't a hit, but somebody... Uh, sort of unheard of in the in the biz now went on their gut they were just sort of like i don't know i like it mm-hmm. you know what i mean mm-hmm. it just doesn't ha- doesn't seem to happen anymore this is why we're seeing reboots yeah. they, you know they're going to do uh, everything's going to be reimagined and and resold cuz they just want um uh, what is it called engagement they don't they don't want 
an ensemble that has chemistry. They they want something that go like, we have the numbers, people like Tetris, make a movie about Tetris. I actually enjoyed that movie. I'm just saying that's kind of how things seem to be yeah. getting made these days. Yeah. Just a shame. It is a shame. Um, on the other hand, there are all these opportunities to make material uh, in so many different, I mean, yes. right? So that's there's right. that. You could make the pilot of Seinfeld with iPhones now. You know what I mean? Yeah. Right. Which is, we take it for granted, but you have, I mean, you could edit it in your phone and, and get it at a similar quality yes, yeah. as, a, as a pilot in the 90s. Yeah. It's yeah. just a question of somehow breaking through the noise. When did it start to feel clear that it was a hit for you? Is there a moment when you were like, I think we're onto something? Well, I'll tell you the, I mean, it, it sort of slowly... It, it's it so, sort of slowly crept up on us, but I will say, also, by the way, I had both of my children during this time, mm -hmm. so my focus was majorly split. <laughs> it really was, you know? And I had these, and I brought the babies to work with me, and I had a nursery set up, and so my uh, I had a foot in both worlds yeah. uh, very firmly planted. Was that helpful? Because here's a kind of a skyrockety. Yeah, I think in retrospect it was. Yes, thing. I think it was. It was a a grand reminder of yeah. the significance mm -hmm. of or uh, of um, <clears throat> the priorities of life. That's right. Don't believe this. I mean, isn't that a risk? I, I, I've I've heard your perspective on work, and I think it's beautiful. It's just what I do. Get over. It's okay. We're, we're, it's a privilege. It's a joy. But let's not take ourselves too seriously. Yes. Would you? I mean, is that how I feel? I do. Yeah. Yes. Wouldn't you? I mean, I, I see it eating at people. You mentioned substance abuse. I mean, like, there's a lot of like the only good feeling is being at the top, and anything else is is death. So we're gonna bang out the best and keep <laughs> delivering, and then if and and in the between times we're gonna do cocaine. Like I think those things are related. Yeah, it's intolerable. So having children, I can say for me, was like this beautiful wake up call to go like, oh, I've been under a oh, spell. I see. That, yeah. Oh, that's the meaning of life. Right. Got it. Right. Because mm -hmm. they don't have any. They don't have any of that. We've learned yeah. that being sparkly and special and and shiny and funny these are these are valuable things. I remember just... when we were doing the final, very final episode of Seinfeld, and they had to <clears throat> they had to put uh, what are those things called? Like uh, big uh, walls up um, on the on Radford uh, at the gates of the studio oh, wow. because there were there were paparazzi and all sorts of people trying to get with a long lens uh, pictures and video of who was coming onto the soundstage, right. who was going to be in the final episode. And I remember being shocked by that. Wow. I was like, seriously, does anybody really give th that much of a shit? So and much I will better, yeah. Yeah, I mean, so much was, better than you being like, of course, dressed like Carmen San Diego. Oh, of course, this is normal. No, no, no. I mean, I was, I, I do remember thinking it. And then one time we were, uh, <laughs> one time we were in New York. Uh, this is me and Jerry and Jason and Michael. We were all there, and because we had to shoot that Rolling Stone, we we did a cover of Rolling Stone in which we were dressed like rock stars or whatever. And so then we thought after the shoot, we'd all go out to dinner and we'd go and we would sit on the um, 
sit on the sidewalk. They had outdoor seating at this one place on Cent- uh, on Columbus. Mm. And we thought, oh, we're going to blow everybody's mind. Four of, us, <laughs> four of us all together. It's going to be crazy. Not one fucking person said anything or stopped except a homeless man, God love him, who was completely out of his mind and was just babbling about something. It was a very nice <laughs> reality check. Uh, I remember it vividly. It's important, though. I mean, you see people go off the reservation. I don't know if we're still saying that, but it, like going out of their oh, minds yeah. a little bit. Going out of their minds, yeah. 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 And it's good to stay balanced. And the family, and your your husband is in show business? Yes. Yes, but yeah. not in front of the camera. Is that correct? Yeah, although he's been in front of the camera recently. He's, in, he's, in a, he's been in a couple of things. Uh, he was in, um, <clears throat> what is the American Auto? American with Auto Idol? with Auto. American Idol? No, no, no. American Auto oh. with uh, Anna Gosteyer, and he's oh, in fun. a movie and stuff coming out. So he does a little bit of everything. But staying balanced. It's not a cuckoo, cuckoo bananas no. household. No, no. That's really nice. No. I wonder is there any spiritual life to speak of? Let me preface it with this We're going to church afterwards. We're, we're going to pray. Okay. Who's your God? Real quick. Who's your God? <laughs> the guy that's going to pray. Who do you worship? <laughs> Elohim? Yeah. Um, I was at an Eckhart Tolle retreat mm. in Rhinebeck, New York. Have you been to Rhinebeck? No. Beautiful. Okay. I just feel like you're a classy lady. You're going to love Rhinebeck, New York. All right. Get me, me a real estate agent right now. I'm buying property. If you go to Rhinebeck, I'll make a wager you're going to buy property. You're going to find a way to... It's It's the most quaint off the Metro North... Little town, but classy. Some of the best restaurants in the world. Uh, how long's the train ride out of the city? I think it's about ninety. It's about ninety minutes. Maybe two. Maybe two okay. hours. It's not Woodstock. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's pull like it doable. Pull it up on Zillow right now. It's gorgeous. You'll feel like Mary Oliver. You'll write around. We walk around and write poems. <sighs> it's, yeah. When Val and I were there. Yeah. We can't go there. It's not in our in our means. And we were like, we're living here. You'll be a poet. Oh, and I, I'll open a restaurant. <laughs> like I was fine. like, I'll burn it all to the ground. Yeah. It's that enchanting. Okay. Our daughter will work at the movie theater. It's like that. Anyway, so we're going to see. It probably helped that we were there to be with Eckhart Tolle. Do you know who Eckhart Tolle is? Yes. The you Power mean, of Now? Yes. Yeah. You, is that what but, you're going to say? Yes, but I haven't like followed him, followed him. I'm not going to. There's no quiz. Yeah. All right. Fine. But you know, he's he's... He's incredible. He's he's one of the he's changed my life. And we're sitting there and on the last night he's like we're going to do a surprise evening. This is after all just talks about reality and consciousness and love and compassion and all this stuff. He's like for the last night I want to do something special and we're going to have some laughs. And he Julia, he played clips from Seinfeld and talked about them. Can you and the clip that he played was you on the train when you're Are you kidding me? Yeah, no, he play and he goes, so it's you and you know, the lights go off and it's your inner monologue. Yeah. And he goes, This just shows the insanity of the ego. <gasps> and and it's true. It helps us laugh at what our minds are doing to us. They're torturing us. Is this Am I ever going to get out of this situation? Am I ever going to eat? What if I have to pee? Like, they're not your friends. And he was like, this is what good comedy can do, is it helps us laugh and put some distance. Instead of identifying with that voice that you so beautifully play as the actor, but also the the voiceover, it's showing us, do you know what I mean when I say it puts the distance between Yeah, sure. When you're laughing at it, 
It's not you. Yeah. Somehow you're, I'm going to say you're in the observer place. You're, mm-hmm. you're just kind of dispassionately going like, what a trip to be a human. So I thought maybe you would enjoy that. I love that. that I fun? can't, yeah, I can't believe it actually. <laughs> I couldn't either. I was, uh, I was pregnant in that scene. I was no very way. pregnant with my first son. Cute. Yeah, because I was really sick. Did he get paid? Yeah. He's in Sagna? Yeah, he's a, actually he owns a piece of the show. <laughs> Unlike me. <laughs> so without forcing it, maybe the answer is no, but is there a spiritual side to you? To frame you, you're in the safest place to believe whatever you want. Um, I, um, yes, I would say that I'm a believer in the mystery of all of this. Yeah. Um, but I don't have a a God per se that I pray to. The mystery is the God. The mystery of, yes, I am in awe of the mystery of it all. Can I give you one of my favorite quotes? Go. And then I die. Um Barry Taylor, the road manager for ACDC, of all people, said that God is the name of the blanket we put over the mystery to give it a shape. So Uh isn't that beautiful? We're all trying to find a way to talk about this phenomenon that most of us aren't talking about. Like, you and I are on a space rock. You and I are independent, seemingly independent, conscious beings that woke up in this situation and most people's strategies, it seems to me, is don't talk about it. Let's get some ice cream. Look, I get it. I take days where I just eat ice cream, waited. Oh blanket, yeah, 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 yeah. The, I mean, you can't you can't live in that world no. forever. It'll literally depress me. It'll make me go a little bit off my thing. Mm. But I find great solace in going like, isn't that? I mean, here we are. We're here right now. Yeah. And we don't know how we got here. We don't know where we're going. Right. But having even the word mystery is a way for you to participate with it. I'm going to put this to you, see if you agree, because you might not understand it, but you can experience it. Is that is that right? Yes, and I'm in awe of what I don't know. Yeah. And awe is a feeling. Awe, awe is uh, a, yeah. I mean, it's like I was watching something on the TV about, they were talking about the Hubble telescope mm-hmm. and everything that they have discovered, which is that there are all of these... Uh, um, what am I trying to say? Oh, God damn it. Clusters? It's um, usually clusters. No, but Scientists anyway, are so hungry. there's so much more out there than anybody had ever known. Yeah. Okay? So much more. Yeah. And all of these universes well beyond other universes everywhere. Right. And I'm just like, huh? Yeah. And that there was an amount of glass, glass, question mark, and mirrors, Question mark? I know. You know what I mean? Like, what are we doing that we're seeing that far? There are certain things in life that I've had conversations with scientists where I'm like, oh, I just saw the look on your face where you know there's no way to explain this to me. Like, you see that I'm missing the reading required to just begin this conversation. Yeah. That's how I feel about the Hubble telescope. Yeah. Because I'm just over here going, mirrors. It's... It's... Like having another limb. It's like some people have that limb and you don't have it. That's right. I don't don't have it. Yeah. But I am in awe of what it is this is telling us. Does it increase your anxiety or reduce your anxiety or a little bit of both? I would say it's a little bit of both. I'm, uh, but you know, it makes me concerned about our insignificance. Yes. Mm hmm. Interesting. Yeah, because that, that is what that question was getting at. It's like, on yeah. one hand, 
it's almost like, what are you worried about? That's anxiety reduction. And then on the other hand, it's like, oh my God, we're, it's, we're nothing. Like we're just a drop. Yeah. And I think about that with the climate crisis. It's, you know, uh, uh, the planet's going to be just fine guys. You know that so we met at that stand-up show, and I oh that's right yes yes I got off stage and I was like I have a climate change bit where and I didn't do it and you it forgot? was that I've just forgot I, I, driving home I was like all oh, right and it's that premise you just nailed it as I go life will be okay I don't know if we'll be okay yeah but like the no planet, no we won't be okay right, but right. but the planet will carry on in some form and as it has before yes extinctions and it's gonna it's gonna be okay and even after uh, no i'm not saying we're gonna be okay no i know okay (laughs) no i'm like i just know you're you're we met at the rndc thing nrdc you did an incredible that's the natural resources defense council for those who are listening yes that was such a fun show but you and tony were the only people that tony hale were the and my wife I was only playing to you guys. Do you remember? Of course I do. Yeah. You were so fucking funny. I, that is so touching. Cause no, all no, I, it's not touching. It's true. You were hilarious. I got off stage and I was like, w- I don't, I went into a fugue <laughs> state because it wasn't <laughs> a, an ideal setup for comedy. It was outside. No, it was a bad setup. It was for a comedy. lot of very, very leisured, rich, powerful people in Sitting couches. In couches. It's not. And I go out and I say, like, one of the a line that as a as a spoiled performer I'm like wait till they hear this line I say it it gets nothing it gets beyond nothing I I'm being heckled by police sirens and like spotlights going on buildings but I start losing it and making fun of the show and you and Tony it was it's a career highlight we're falling out of your seat like like the Apollo. It was one of the, my favorite memories. <laughs> but no one been, else was laughing. That's not true, by the way. Other people were laughing. Was, has Tony been on your podcast? He has, yeah. Oh, good. Isn't he fun? And he's the a best. spiritual person. Very. Yeah, yeah. And uh, a beautiful I, person. Wonderful man. I just uh, I just face, FaceTime with him the other day because he's doing a show in Rome and feeling a little, I know, feeling he's, a little homesick and I love him so much. So I was happy to talk to we him. We read our daughter his book. Which every time I mention uh, it, Archibald, yeah. Archibald saves the some. Uh, uh, well, Archibald's next big thing. That, Nick, thank you. Sorry, yeah, I, I'm embarrassed. But that message has a very Eckhart Tolle message. Remember, the lesson is just be, just be. Yeah. And are you in your mystery appreciation yeah. space? Yeah. Because even as I just said it, I was like, right, we can do it right now. No one needs to know. You can just settle into yourself. And just be hmm. like when I talk to Val, my very wise wife, I'll be like, oh, sometimes I worry that I'm just stringing along crumbs like of pleasure or an accolade or some sort of high. And there's these long moments of string in between them. And all of us are just trying to maximize the good and minimize the bad. And mm. sometimes I feel like a mouse scurrying on the ground looking for breadcrumbs mm. instead of. I think potentially sitting at the banquet table and the banquet table is the present moment and just going like, cause that's what she brought me back into. She goes, Pete, are you doing that right now? Mm. Like, are you, is that happening right now? Mm. It's a lane on the train. I'm not trying to be funny. It's my brain going, all you're doing is delaying the inevitable. You, none of this matters. Mm. You're just trying to feel good. Oh, brah, fucking oh. Everyone's just trying to feel good. Right. But when you go Will you relax, brain? And I, I always say drop anchor into the present moment and just go like, wait. Are you a meditator? Yeah. Good. Are you? Yeah. What flavor? TM. Mm-hmm. Julia, you got to do the TM. <laughs> do it. My yeah. voice is a little thrown. It's usually better. 
Yes. What's your mantra? I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's a secret. Um, how long have you been doing TM? A couple of years. It's a new thing. Yeah, I haven't been. Yes. Mm-hmm. Did you tell Jer- Jer- Jerome? Jerome was the one who put me in touch with my TM teacher. What's her name? His. I, his name. Okay. I wondered if we had the same one. Who's your TM The David teacher? Lynch people here yeah. in LA. Okay. Same. Does your mantra start with an S? No. SH? I'm just kidding. Like, I keep, I keep spelling it. And what is your... It's ATM. 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 Yes! You are the queen. You know you are. Do you... What's your experience been uh, with it? Is it is it helping you? It's helpful. Uh, it's hard for me to remember to do it. Yeah. I'm not... Um, uh, I'm not as on it as I should be. The routine of it comes and goes. Yeah. And you have to... But it is something I can go to, and sometimes I need to go to it. Yeah. But the other thing too, I think, is you know, getting out into the natural world has been a is been a huge source of uh, uh, comfort to me. You know, nature. get nature. Yeah. yeah, just getting outside, getting outside, and uh, you know, there's a. I think it's the Japanese have an expression called forest bathing, mm. which you. I know. That's Doesn't beautiful. that tell you everything? It's great. And so, just getting out there and being. In nature and moving in nature, it's uh, it's a very good idea for the brain. Something you're smaller than things. See, Leela, our daughter, loves to watch TV first thing in the morning because it happened during the lockdown, and, and now it's a habit we're trying to break. Uh-huh. So we go, you can watch TV, but we have to do one thing outside first. And what I notice is when you're under the canopy of the sky and a, a tree that's bigger than you, yeah. it's just that's the spirit you should be going into your day. Uh-huh. It's like you in the Hubble. Uh-huh. It's like, you're small, actually. Right. You think if you can put a TV show into your awareness, that's all that's happening. At least you're being titillated. Right. Actually, you're a, a part of a thing. Right. You're you're a tile in a mosaic. So going outside does that. Yeah. The color green also, they say it just lowers your blood pressure and all that. So that is, we can say that's like part of your Oh, that's interesting. Practice. I'm sure you're right about that. Right. In yeah. the way that red and yellow, they say, makes you hungry, which is why McDonald's. Is red and yellow. There's Jesus colors. Christ, I know, really? I know, I know. That explains why I'm hungry, because I'm looking at these two things behind your head. Yeah. Bam. Oh my God, red and yellow. I'm going to McDonald's after this. Don't do it, environmentally I speaking. I promise you, I won't Where's set the, foot in that place. I know this is a, a, a tricky thing, and I'm certainly not hanging it on you, but environmentally speaking, and I, I actually just started eating chicken again. I was vegan for a long time, and I just started eating chicken again, because... I fucking hate chickens. No, I'm just kidding. But I, I, I just wanted to simplify my diet. I was noticing I was eating a lot of processed stuff and I was like, I'm going to give in. I was already eating fish, which I know environmentally isn't great. So what I'm saying is I'm, I'm in the problem as well. So I'm not saying, it's just interesting to me that what is the attitude of the environmental groups when it comes to the huge impact that, that animal plants and processing does to the earth? When we go like, when you're going against someone's stomach, and their culture, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's so hard when we all know, I think it's worse than planes, trains, cars combined. Well, I think food waste is our big problem yeah. in terms of, uh, in terms of uh, uh, emissions and uh, contributing to the, cl- the climate crisis. But yeah, the world, I mean, I am not uh, a vegan. I should be. Uh, the world would be a better place if we all were, period, mm. end of story. Right. I mean, it's that's just, so just hard a fact. Psychologically to unpack it, as someone who was vegan, the threat 
of that of the vegan at the table it's it's uncomfortable mm. it's it's like because like it's not just a piece of chicken it's literally your mother's love like that's what you think it is like my mom made roast what chicken what are you talking about i'm saying sim- <laughs> symbolically my mom would cook me roast chicken so oh, if i say I see. stop eating roast chicken you're is that saying the only food she made you it's the one that I Sticks remember most you. fondly. Mm. Yeah, but that's what I mean. Or her apple pie has eggs in it, has milk in it. Like these, these things are way more complicated, meaning you can't go at it in a headway. It, it, I mean, it, it has to address the heart. It's almost like the only way to do it would be a reboot. You know what I mean? Like yeah. wipe everybody's memory and then be like, we've been vegan the whole time. <laughs> and then be like, oh, your mom used to make you Satan or whatever it is. Right? I mean, yeah. I, I just, I'm sharing my own overwhelm because that seems like such a good solution. Uh, but at the same time, here we are. Have you ever almost died? Yeah. I mean, I had cancer, so, and I survived it. I wasn't trying to be distasteful. I ask everybody that question. So oh, yeah, but I'm answering that. it. I, yeah, yeah. I, I'm not being distasteful either. I'm just yeah, saying. I just, in that moment, I was like, oh, fuck, I probably should have been sensitive about that. But no, that you don't was, need to be. It's fine. Tell me. Tell me about it. What did you learn? Uh, I learned. <laughs> what did I learn? Uh, I'm, that I'm very grateful to be here. And uh, I don't know what I learned. I, it was. Uh, it, was it harder than you thought it would be? Oh, yeah. Yeah. It was a bear and a fucking half. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, in what in what way? Well, um I I had to go through chemotherapy and it was a wicked chemotherapy that made me really, really sick. Right. Yeah. And then I had to have a lot of surgery and it was uh it, you know, I didn't it was like getting hit from behind, like a fucking speed train speeding coming mm. at me from behind. That's the whole thing was mm. just like, what the fuck are you talking about? Mm. You know, but, um, uh, but I got through it. Did you, how did you feel about all of the other, I, I sometimes feel like when I go to the hospital, you present them with a pass and they either stamp it and you can leave and mm. your freedom pass is renewed or they don't stamp it, and now you're in that side of things. You were on that side of things. You were held. You had a disease. You had to deal with it. Mm-hmm. How did you feel, and how did you deal with the rest of us carpenter ants going around being like, I, I TiVo'd American Auto, my favorite show, and it deleted it. And you're like, I might not be here. No, I didn't think. I, it wasn't I, like that? That was not my approach. No, I, my point of view was not like that at all. I was very much uh, just on uh, get, uh, getting uh, getting through one day after another because I really was quite ill. And so um, I was not, um, I was very... Uh, you know, I was just laser focused on um, getting better. Yeah. I mean, for real. Right. Yeah. And and accepting um, kindnesses from other people. That was, you know, my 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 circle of friends. You know, they they circled around me in a way that was very um, comforting. I mean, beautiful too, mm, right? I mean, mm. it's all- including uh, our friend Tony Hill. Uh-huh. It was a, a dear heart, yeah. Of course. Of course, yeah. Laughs? Hospital laughs? Always. Really? Sure. I mean, can you imagine? Yeah. There's something so human about what you're saying right now. Hmm. You know what I mean? It's like, we're all, cancer, no, we're all in a tight spot. Yeah. And laughing is such a gift, so I'm just It's the only way that. out, yeah. It's right. 
That's it really right. is. Well, it takes you out, doesn't it? Yeah, it, it takes, takes you, you out. out of your situation. And it's a it's a joyful experience. Right. Just to laugh. Seinfeld told that story about visiting a friend in the hospital and he was dying and he hawked something up. Like it just had to be addressed. And he was talking about how he's going to the comedy cellar and he goes, I'll tell you, I'm in really looking forward to the hummus tonight. And like he said, they both died laughing, <laughs> which is just the best because it's a risk. It's it's a little Bill and Ted's. It's yeah. a risk. Like, can I make fun just a little bit yeah. of how gross that was? Right. But the person is there too. I mean, you're not the disease. The disease is happening to you. You're not the phlegm. Right. I mean, you had to experience that too. You you were still Julia. You were there. Yeah. It's not like you were comfortable with the weird things or the valve that they got on you yeah. or whatever it might be. Right. But did people just, I mean, I guess I'm looking for a comment on that, but really it doesn't really need one. Yeah, it just is. And I got through it and it was, um, thankfully, and I was very, talk about uh, happy, uh, you know, talk about Getting back to work was just about the most joyful thing ever mm. after that experience. Because mm. we had to shut down our show. I was making Veep at the time. We had to shut it down for practically a year <laughs> while I went through this thing. And then, but then I came back. Yeah. And the experience of being on set and making really good fucking stuff again was just about as elevated as it gets. Mm. Talk about gratitude. Yeah. My God in heaven. I have never been happier to get back on set. Incredible. Yeah. And it's almost like you did a year, the quarantine too. I mean, you you kind of had an experience of that. It's like sometimes life gets shut down. That's right. And did that help you roll with that a little bit? With the quarantine? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I took that quarantine seriously. Yeah. You know, I was not, I was like, mm, I think... Uh, I'm not going to be arrogant about this at all. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And strangely good for the environment, turned out. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Have you ever seen a ghost? You seem like a lady who's seen a ghost. Uh, no. Have really? you? Think harder, because you no, really seem like a lady that's seen a ghost. I'm Look behind kidding. you right now. <laughs> Jesus. Um, I, have you? Um, no, the ghost of my cat uh, jumps up on my bed reliably, meaning if I go and stay at my mom's house and sleep in my old bed, in the morning I'll wake up by the the ghost of my cat jumping on the bed and i'm not i'm hungry for that stuff i love the unexplainable but when i say it happens every time it's it's bizarre it's really bizarre really yeah and i feel it it, it curls up on me and i'm like hi clem it's clem it's not marm it's clem as in clementine clementine oh, who died in the house and marm snuggled right up on him and purred it was beautiful uh... So I think Clem's still rocking mm -hmm. or just like it could, look, it doesn't seem the flavor of our conversation, but it could just be like some weird, confusing, all time is happening simultaneously. So Clem is just kind of in the house, not as a spirit, but just right. like a, a glitch. Yeah. What about a UFO? Anything unexplainable? A, a psychic ever blow your mind? You seem like a lady. <laughs> yes, I've been to yeah, psychics yeah. and they were, she was mind blowing, but I can't remember anything she said. Except that she... Knew stuff she couldn't have known. Yes. And, um, so, but I can't, I don't remember what it was. That's okay. I'm so when sorry. When you were facing cancer and thinking about the end, did you think it was the end? Do you think no, when we, I, when no, we die, I it's was, over? Oh, oh. Oh, when I mean we death, die, it's everyone's over. Everyone's death. Is that the end? Is that lights out? Or are you open? Is that a mystery? 
Uh, that's a mystery. And it's, you know, my father passed about, I actually lost my dad and I also lost my sister within a year of each other. And hmm. I think I'm very much thinking that, I'm not going to say they're around, but I, 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 um, they're in me. I don't know how else to say it. Yeah. You know, the that I mean, I believe in the somehow the spirit, but I don't know what what I'm talking about. But I'm going to start a church, and it's based on what I just said. And donations. And, and donations. It's mainly about donations. It's called the ATM Church. <laughs> Ask to mouth. I knew because of your <laughs> veepiness that that would be okay. <laughs> it's totally here's good. here's my question. Here's here's a 15 second and a perfect time to take a sip. I think aware there's only one awareness and we share it. And so therefore, your father and your sister, I'm so sorry by the way, Thanks. are literally with you meaning that awareness contains all everything, all things. Mm-hmm. So when I say to my daughter, for example, I'm always with you. I sort of mean that literally. I don't mean physically, but like we are connected. And I think most of the better, more mystical leaning spiritual practices from Judaism and Kabbalah to mystical Christianity, certainly to Hinduism, Buddhism would say awareness is awareness and it's one awareness and it's having a dream. Yes. And in the dream, I'm this and you're that. But behind it, there's only one. When you really meditate, next time you're doing your TM with your non-SH mantra, Try and think about like, it's just this. There's just one sensation of being. Like the Old Testament God, I am that I am. I am emness. Mm-hmm. And we're all sharing that emness. So mm-hmm. of course your father, I'm, I'm one of those people that would be like, where could they go? <laughs> well, but have you lost anybody really important to you in your life? I don't mean physically where they could go. I'm not oh. trying to negate the loss. I'm saying spiritually speaking. No, no, I know. Speaking, I know. Yeah, you. yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I haven't yet, no. Good. Yeah. Well, I mean, eventually it's all going to happen to everybody, but right. yeah. But um, yeah. Tell they, me what that made you think. What, 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 give me the wiser, wiser than me. Oh, shit. I'm, oh, I, I thought you were about to. No, I wasn't. I thought I was talking like someone who hasn't lost someone. I thought that's maybe what I stepped in. No, 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 no. I was wondering, I I was asking, never mind. I was asking you because I thought maybe you'd lost someone and that Mm -mm. you weren't feeling, okay. No. Never mind. Never mind. I love it. No wisdom here. Nothing. Zero. Nah. Fucking thing. Okay, let's. Let's do a speed round and we'll get you out of here. It's it's a little toasty in here. I think it's these extra bodies. I am warm. Can you turn the air on, Katie, please? Yeah. Doesn't that fuck up the sound? It's quiet. It's whisper quiet. Nice. This is a fun part of the show. When I watch comedians and cards, the only thing I care about is what they order and how they order it. So these moments, oh. how we are as we're turning on the air, mm. as interesting. There you go. Oh, put it on 69. It's the only funny one. <laughs> Can you tell me a great lesson you've learned about motherhood? Just a quick one. Something someone told you, a perspective, an attitude, a little line. Um, hold on. Are you holding for sound because a plane is going by? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, well, I can tell you this. I can tell you that if I were giving myself advice as a young mother, mm. I would, the advice I would say is, please relax. It's going to be fine. Mm. 
We need to hear. I'm going to tell Val that you said that. Yeah. Because we're over here going like, <gasps> yeah, is, is Lila? Yeah, she, I know. Oh my God. Because yeah. <laughs> Lila no. loses her shit a lot. She had a melt, a full meltdown because one kid said that swing is higher than that one. And she said, no, it's not. And I'm with her, by the way. That kid's wrong. <laughs> what about show business? Is there a mantra that's carried you through show business that did you well? It doesn't even have to be a clean line, just a le- the greatest lesson you've learned or a lesson that you've learned about navigating this. It could even be what we've already said. Um, I would say it would be to trust your instincts. Trust your in When you're performing. Uh, generally speaking. Generally speaking. Because mm-hmm. that brings me to acting. What's, a great, what's something you try to hold in your mind or not hold in your mind when you're acting? Is there a great lesson someone's taught you about how to perform? Ugh, listen. Yeah. You got to listen. Hard to beat the great. But you really do have, a, and a lot of actors make that mistake. I've, look, I've not listened, and there have been a lot of times where I'd had to go like, can you just, can you just be here? <laughs> like, just yeah. please? Yeah. Because, you know, sometimes we're just trying to remember our lines, and it can be a real bummer. Yeah. But that's where my wound, so feel, growing up in a household where I didn't necessarily feel recognized, Heard. Uh-huh. helps, because I'm going like, that's, and it helps in stand-up. It's like, I need everyone Let's lock in. Uh-huh. And that's the gift. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes, yes. What yes. about uh, and well, acting, comedy, and I know you don't believe in a God, but some <laughs> mystery, the great lesson you've learned about the mystery. I mean, we're both doing it right now. What do you carry with you when it comes to not freaking out that we're, that we're here and we don't know what's going on? Um, well, sometimes when I'm feeling particularly anxious about something, <laughs> yeah, this is so bad, but anyway. I love it already. No. Love the area. But I... Made me think legit. I, I like, think to myself, yeah. well, at least I can still breathe. And I, and I do actually, I know that sounds so fucking simple-minded but i just think okay i can breathe i can still get air into my lungs i'll always remember that answer why did you put down that answer (laughs) i don't know great answer sort of oh is that that's your jerry impression that was my michael richards no no wrong one wrong last question because it is just too warm in here yeah and you've got that movie coming out i got a lot to do these guys have to pee They've got to get my face cream is what they've got to do. Here's, you leave the room, and this is my real Jerry impression. You just did your audition. He goes, that was fantastic. That was her. Go get her. Yeah, that, wait, do it again. That was fantastic. That's her. Go get her. Yeah, it's not bad. It's not bad. It's, I wouldn't do it for him. Why? I met Jerry once, and, I, and he complimented something of mine, and I went like this. And I could tell from his face I blew it. <laughs> like, I, no, I was too big. No. <laughs> you don't think? No, I'm sure oh, not. Yeah. I was just like, that just seemed like something. He'd be like, he did the mind. Mind explode. Do we need the mind explode? Yeah, that's good. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, got my little key bump of validation for the day. <laughs> You're fabulous. Thank You're one you. Of the kind. You're Thank a true you. talent. Thank you for having me. Thank you for doing it. Very, very charming to be here. One final question. Go. You're going to love it, though. I hope. 
Can you tell me the time in your life you laughed harder than you've ever laughed? Here's the caveat, though. It doesn't have to be a good story. Maybe you were a kid. Maybe someone fell. Maybe someone farted. These usually get people there. I just want you, you're crying, laughing. (laughs) Where are you? How old are you? Who are you with? Oh, geez. I got to think. I was in the glee club in fifth grade, or maybe it was seventh grade. No, it had to have been seventh grade. And we had to sing this stupid fucking song, uh, which was called, uh, what was it called? Turn around and you're one, turn around and you're two. Do you know this song? Does anyone know what I'm talking about? Is that Drake? (laughs) I can't remember what it was, but it was like singing about children aging and and there's around and you're a young woman walking out of the door something like, it's like that like a reimagining of sunrise sunset. so it was sort of <laughs> and it i was standing next to my friend and we were supposed to sing it straight and i <laughs> we got into so much trouble because i was doubled over it was the stupidest song we just sang it for this huge recital with all the parents and I couldn't get through it, and it was really bad. Because of the stupidness of the song, or just the pressure, or just the like forbidden. No, of the, the laugh? forbidden. First of all, it was yeah. stupid. Yeah, I didn't want to sing it. Yes. She didn't either. It was fucking. It was just an asshole song. And then we had to sing it seriously in front of all the parents sure. and the teachers, and we were forbidden from laughing. Yes, please. That's all you need. That's all you need. Singing to be forbidden is unbelievable. Singing and forbidden are often in the answer. It's often like church <laughs> oh, really? singing. Yes, it has to be forbidden. We Val, it reminds me of one where Val and I, I did this corporate gig. It was actually worse than a corporate. It was a private birthday party. Very sweet people. And the woman asked, the guy asked if I would stay and listen to his wife sing. No. Yes. No, you didn't. Yes. And I stayed. And look- What in, kind of music was she singing? She wanted to sing- um, I will always love you. Oh no. Oh, no, no! And in her defense, <laughs> I, I, yes, that's it. Yeah, they played the Dolly Parton version. The band played the wrong version. So in her defense, but Val and I are sitting there with this woman's family, and she's up there being like, uh, like just kind of uncomfortable and off. And I was like, I can't wait to fart in the car. Not fart, but like laugh about this. But it's going to be. Incredible. But were you able to keep your shit together? Oh, I kept it together, yeah. Oh, good on you. Thank you. Yeah, it's the best acting I've ever done. <laughs> it's like, that was good. That was very good. Wow. Because you know what? Even as I'm telling it, I like singing poorly, singing so vulnerable. I I, I don't really, like I can't fully get behind just like massacring this woman because I get it. I feel the same way about stuttering. I've never laughed at someone stuttering, making fun of a stutter. It's just too vulnerable. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Completely. Of yeah, I'm not alone on that. Completely. Julia Louis. Yes. Thank you. Pete, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Would you please uh, keep it crispy is how we end. The guest says keep it crispy. All I can say, it doesn't mean anything. It's not a trap. It's just how we say it. It feels like a trap. It's a trap. It's kind of a keep it crispy. Did I do it? You did it perfectly. What are these drinks? Oh, this is called Magic Mind. That was for you. Are you working today? Drink well, this. I mean, I'm working right In now, fact, aren't I? Yeah, for sure. You should have drank it before the interview, to be honest. It was a little what, lackluster. What is it? Shea, um, it has a little bit of caffeine, 35 milligrams of caffeine. So it's got matcha, 
nootropics, you know, vitamins that help you think. Yeah. And it has adaptogens that help you cope with stress. So the mix of the caffeine and the adaptogens give you this very even flow state. I love it. Really? I'll give you a bunch. You can take both of these. But if you're doing emails or work or, or tomorrow for your photo shoot, even just to like kind of stay alert. Yeah. I'll give you a bunch. Oh, how fabulous. It's I just Thank sent you. a bunch name drop, just sent a bunch to Anne Lamott. Like it's my thing. Who'd be great on your pod? Yes, as a matter of fact, yeah. yes. And who was quoted by Jane Fonda in my podcast. Believe it. I this is I'm not just flattering. No is Anne. a complete sentence. I know. If they wanted us to talk about them more better in our writing, they should have behaved better. That's one of my favorite. I just butchered it. But when you write, I wrote a book. You write about your family, yeah. and you tell the truth. And you're yeah. like, do I have to right. ask their permission? And Anne Lamott says, if they wanted you to write better about them, they should have behaved differently. Nice. And I'm like, ooh, she's fucking badass. Yeah, she's I was badass. just going to say, I don't know if she's old enough, but wait until she's, I don't know. I don't know how old <laughs> that's she's like me, I feel like that's she's me being my like, age. Is this, yeah, I think so. You might have yeah. to wait. She has to make me have to wait. But do, um, do more stress less. Ooh, I want, like this. Thank you so you much. You want Magic Mind. And thank you so much. Thank you for having me. What a pleasure. Pleasure. Let me give you a hug. Oh, yeah.